And welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. I'm Paul Dottino at Giants WFAN. He is Super Bowl champ Jeff Fiegels mm. at Jay Fiegels on Twitter. If you guys want to hit us up, our number is 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Or you can go to Twitter and hit us up on hashtag Giants Chat. Now, as you guys know, the Combine was all last week. I was already on the show yesterday with Lance. I have not had a chance to talk to Jeff about the Combine, something that I have a hunch you did not attend when you were coming out of school, or did you? Oh, God, no. No, they didn't They didn't have any punters back then. So, yeah, I, not until recently. I mean, probably the last, I don't know, I'm guessing, 10 years that they had, they, they had specialists coming. They had kickers, but they didn't have the punters. Would you have wanted to? Of course, yeah. If I, I mean, absolutely. I would have loved to go there, but it worked out for the best. Um, no worries. Um, it certainly doesn't steal the show at the combine, the punters and the kickers. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it might be comical to watch them run the 40-yard dash and do the bench test and the, and the vertical and stuff like that. It might be kind of comical. Well, let me get your take on that because there are a number of players, and, of course, Chase Young was one of them, who declined to do yeah. the drills. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what are some of your thoughts on the positives and the negatives to doing the drills? Obviously, some f- people think that you have nothing to gain, only to lose to do the drills. But then again, at the end of the week, we keep hearing about how guys jumped up yeah. because they aced the drills. Well, I, I, th- I think it all depends on the player. I mean, if you're the best, one of the best players in the country, what else is there left for you to prove? I mean, a lot of people say... Hey, give me the measurables. I've said this before. In my opinion, it's all about the medicals and some of the testing stuff. Um, you know, but to me, if you're Chase Young, you have nothing to prove there. I mean, your pro day is going to be better. And I will tell you this, like the quarterbacks, I, I don't want to throw to guys I don't, I'm not used to, you know, the way that they're running routes and things like that, even though that, you know, they've been practicing the route trees and they've been doing all this stuff on the side. They understand all the drills, which another thing too is that, they're, they added, like, a lot more drills this year, if you notice. 16 different yes. drills. They replaced a bunch of other ones. Sure, sure. So some of them were were, were kind of put in there because of the way the game has changed and some of the way they want to analyze these guys and do things like that. But I, I'm I'm to the point where I don't feel like you have to do anything in the, in the combine other than your medicals and your interviews, okay? If you don't want to run and you don't want to do that, if that's gonna, if, if it's gonna hurt you, that's gonna hurt you. If it's gonna make you f- do better, then do it. it. Doesn't matter. I've, I'm more of, show me what's on the field, tape wise, mm-hmm. what you did, and then show me in your pro day, and then come to the combine and let me have the interviews and let me have my med- all medical guys check you out, and after that, I could care less. I really could. It, of course, that's not the way you want it because it's fun to watch. But there's the guys that say, I gotta go show these guys what I am, and you know, if you were following Twitter. The big thing on Twitter was this guy made himself some money this weekend, which that's yes. the truth because the guys, you know, the higher you go, the more money you get. As a special teams person, <clears throat> obviously kickers and punters are in their own category. As you say, they only started bringing these guys in sure. in recent years. But the bottom line is special teams, gunners in particular, are extremely valuable. And I wonder, is the 40 time the most valuable test that they do that can help you with special teams coverage. Well, the forty time is tested because of that top end speed, right? Getting getting right. down the field. So yeah, I would it would equate to that. You know, get off the line of scrimmage, separation, and then that explosiveness down the field. 
Um, I think agility is a big one. Maybe the cone drill for me because mm-hmm. it's change of direction with special teams, right? You got a guy that catches the punt, makes one move to the left, and then goes back to the right. So these are kind of a, you know change of direction drills that mean more to me rather than. But top end speed is definitely there. I mean, the gunners got they're the ones that can leave the line of scrimmage right away. Ball go, um, and then also some physicality. I mean, if you got a receiver that's strong, they can go up against a usually there's two guys in front of them and can bench press, you know, a hundred times, whatever they're doing that, that, that impresses me with the strength and their hands and their size. And, you know, it all comes into it. It's amazing what goes into analyzing and trying to figure out how good a player is from top to bottom. Right. I mean, it's the interviews, it's medical, it's, it's change of direction, just top end speed. It's hand size. Like I love Patrick Mahomes. I was watching the draft because I love it. I think it's great. Patrick Mahomes tweeted out about his hand size to like Joe Burrow or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, don't worry about it. I, I, my, right. I'm okay. My hands were small. I think I did all right. Yeah. Like, so many people put so much credence in you having your hands so big. Like, really? Does it matter how big your hands are if you throw for 50 touchdowns in college or something? You know, it's like, who cares? Well, the ball is different in the it NFL. It is a little bit different, and I think that, you know, that's another reason why they want to see these guys throw the NFL ball. Exactly. You know, so, and, they're, you know, I guess your hand size would make a little bit of a difference, but we're not talking about, you know, 10-year-old hands here. These guys' hands are all pretty decent that they can grip a football. All right, 201-939-4513 is our phone number. It is. Uh, we didn't get to as many calls yesterday as I would have liked. Uh, Lance and I did a lot of conversation and recap on the Combine. So, Jeff, I think today I want to try to do rapid fire. Fine. And get through as many possible calls yeah, as we can. Calls. Your thoughts on the Combine, maybe uh, as free agency approaches, what you think the Giants should do there as well. We're open to all the topics but we want to try to do a little more rapid fire to get to more people so that you guys can have your voices heard. So let's go to line one. And Jason, you are on the air on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hi, Jason. Hey, what's up, fellas? Hi. Hey, nice. Um, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Yes, sir. Um, I'll try to be as quick as I can. Um, I want to kind of talk about free agency. Um, I think I'm coming around uh, the idea that I don't, especially with uh, my uh, free agent crush and Gakway being tagged, um, and me being a Noah Coughlin, I think free agency isn't going to be as a, a, a sexy thing for us Giants fans. Um, and I, I, I think that would be okay because I don't think they'll um, – just the philosophy that I've uh, been reading and looking about uh, uh, Joe Judge seems to suggest otherwise. So we all know that this team is really not one or two players away at this moment. Um, I think a heavy concentration on the second and, and second and third tier guys will be heavy. Um, that fits needs, and they won't cost a lot of uh, crazy money. Um, so I think it will be good for the, the the evaluators, the pro personnel, and the coaches um, to find versatile guys who fit multiple schemes, as they suggested. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you guys feel about that? Well, I, I I tend to agree with you, but I also I would like to I'd like to see a couple big splashes. I want to see a couple players. You know, they go out and spend that seventy five million or whatever it is. The figure I saw the other day, I don't know officially what it is, but you know, it's some good money. But I I want to see them go out and, and and make a splash for a couple players, and then the rest of them, I agree with you. Bring the guys in, and you know, they may not have a lot of money left, but bring them in some depth. Bring them in here to compete with some of these younger guys. 
Okay. Um, and two more things, and then uh, I'll take it off the air, whatever the case may be. Um, I know with uh, Coach Garrett, uh, you know, taking over the offense, I know in his tenure in Dallas, he pretty much always had um, like a big-time number one receiver. Um, I don't think we have that right now. Shep- Shepard and Tate and Slayton are really good. I don't see them as the alpha number one receivers. Those three scream more West Coast offense, and I don't think – Garrett is going to run that. Um, one big name, I know people will probably laugh at me. I could see the Giants going after, depending on the money, of course, is Cooper, um, Amari Cooper. Uh, I know he's had some issues with drops and things of that nature, but he doesn't really have any injury history, and he's never really been that diva kind of guy, kind of goes about his business and does work. So, um, And the second thing is, um, as far as mm-hmm. offensive line, um, and I'll take the both off the air. I think one guy or two guys we should look at uh, as far as the tackle is concerned. One, I don't know how to say his first name. He's from the Eagles. His last name is Vatai, Vatai, I think his name is. Right. Um, he, he played right and left tackle when um, mm-hmm. Peters and um, what's the other tackle from the Eagles? I forgot his name. Um, when they both were injured, he would uh, sub in. Um, and I think he's played well. I think that was probably like an under-the-radar tackle I think we should look at, and he's been in division, so we kind of know how he plays. And I wouldn't mind going back and looking at Andrew Whitworth. So if you guys could kind of talk about those two things I brought up, Cooper and the tackle from the Eagles and Whitworth, uh, I'd appreciate it, and thank you very much. Sure thing. Lane Johnson, of course, the other uh, Eagles tackle he was talking about. Hala, Hala, Pua, Viata. Vitae. 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 There you go. I, who butcher, had, I butchered it. Who, but was you given, who has given the Eagles a number of productive snaps over the years? Uh, yes, there's no question that, that he's out there and he's the kind of guy who is going to help somebody and he's, he's going to get paid some decent money too. I'm a bigger fan because of the depth of wide receiver in this draft to find the guy that he mentioned, okay, like an Amari Cooper or someone like that in the draft rather than go pay a free agent like Amari Cooper. He's going to, he's going to command a lot of money, mm-hmm. a lot of money. I'd, I'd rather see them go get a, a receiver in the draft because there's plenty of them. If you saw them on the combine, there Very is true. a lot of them and a I, lot of big receivers too. I, I will tell you that one of my really juicy picks was going to be Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame in the fourth round. The problem is he lit up the combine. Yeah, he did. He yeah. absolutely went bonkers and now i don't think you can get chase claypool at the beginning of the fourth round in fact if the giants get that compensatory pick which by the way they're delayed on announcing the compensatory picks we expect the giants to get one uh, at the end of the third round to this point the nfl has not released that information Uh, i'm not sure that they can even get claypool at the back end of the third round if he's still there at that point i would not even hesitate to run up to the podium sure. and grab Chase Claypool. Yeah, and he's he's really is a good player. I mean, we we talked a little bit about him, John and I did uh, when we were talking about some of the teams and some of the players from Notre Dame, and just you know just an outstanding player, good leader, um, and which would be a good pick for the Giants. I I told you guys this before. I'm all on board for drafting a receiver in the higher rounds this year. I really am. I'm just not convinced that the the Giants receiving core is as thick as it should be. And I'm worried a little bit long-term with Sterling Shepard about the concussions. I just think that's just the way that it is. Mm-hmm. That worries me. Um, I hope we get a year out of 
um, the receiver, Slayton, like he did last year. And then, of course, Golden Tate, who played excellent last year, even missing four games. So, right. But I still think there's one other receiver that, that would be in the mix there, and I, I think it's in the draft because there's a lot of them. Well, my understanding is you might even get second-round value at, a at third receiver, round. Yeah. maybe even early in the fourth. Yeah. That's how deep yeah. it is. And because there are so many other more attractive positions, like quarterback, like offensive tackle, like cornerback, where people are going to load up, a lot of these receivers are going to get pushed down. Yeah, and remember, I just don't know if Claypool's going to last until the fourth. And remember, unfortunately, but fortunately for the Giants, they're at the top of every round. So, you know, that's well, not in the third. But the, that's right, because they don't have one. First, second, and fourth. Yeah. That bottom of the third, again, is a projected compensatory yeah. pick. Well, that's, well, right now they don't have one, so we're just going to go on to the fourth round, right? But the fact is, is that they are still early in the fourth round, which goes to your point is that some of those guys can be pushed down into that year, to, the, to that round, which is a good thing because it is stacked. And those guys were pretty impressive if you watch that receiver group. There was, well, heck, there was two, there was two waves of them, mm -hmm. you know? Um, mm -hmm. whether that's the, the, whether that's how it works all the time. I don't know. I've never been to the combine. Um, I just like the format of it this year because I, I know that it was a long process. Paul, you and John were there and I talking to some of the coaches, uh, about this, as far as, you know, everything during the day was the testing and all the kind of stuff. And then at night they had the on, on field things like that. It was a long day for those guys, but from the viewership, I thought it was great because I got to watch all that in the evening when, Typically, I'm usually watching the news or something. Sure. So. Sure. All right, 201-939-4513. Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. We go back to the phone lines and line number two. And Coach Marvin, you're next on the show. Hello. Hi, Coach. Uh, how you doing, Paul and Jeff? Good, uh, man. I'm glad you fixed your phone. We lost you yesterday. Yeah, I waited a long. I, I waited for a while to get on, and uh, by the time it failed, uh, I think I was like the third person to be called in, and it didn't work. So, you know, I was disappointed and that it didn't get through. Well, you're here but, now, uh, so that's good. Yeah, yeah, and um, I had some scenarios as far as draft. I wanted to get y'all opinion on it yesterday, <clears throat> but uh, you kind of went through it and kind of shot holes in my theory. So. I don't think I'm going to burn those up. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, come on, Coach. It's okay. Look, yeah, just because you and I agree 98% of the time doesn't mean you can't vary it up every once in a while. Yeah, that's true. That's true, Paul. Because I was thinking I had two different choices. I was thinking one of the callers called about um, doing the offensive line, taking offensive linemen in the first and second round, um, even if it is a center. I know you guys didn't care for the center's uh, that high. And then my other theory was um, if they sign someone like a Byron Jones and then and if uh, Jeff Okuda was there, between those two, would what would y'all think of those two? Which one of those you would prefer to have? Okuda or Jones? I would take Okuda. No, no, you, you pay um, Byron Jones. Oh, so Jones, he's here. And if, and if Okuda is there, you draft him. That's one choice. And the other choice were you're drafting two offensive linemen in the first two rounds. Well, between those options, I would rather draft the two offensive linemen. But I don't, like, young I don't like either one of those options, Coach. You're right. We disagree on this one. <laughs> yeah. 
And the only reason I said that about the corners because it's hard to find an edge rusher, and at least we would have some really locked down, two locked down corners, or Byron Jones is flexible enough to play um, safety. But that was just something I thought about. It wasn't something I would want. It was just one of those things I was thinking about. Sure. Um, with the two corners, at least you can help the pass rush if you can cover on the back end. Well, I think, so to be honest with you, Coach, uh, and maybe you would disagree, um, I, I kind of think that the young corners in Beal and Ballantyne and Baker still have room to grow and still have some upside in, in what in, really is the, all their second seasons when you consider Beal was IR as a rookie. Uh, so I'm not ready to give up on any of those guys yet. I think if the Giants are going to draft a corner, it's got to be a slot guy. And what we found out at the Combine last week is that there are going to be plenty of slot corners who can step in and play Get available one. in the third or fourth round. Right, right. And, 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 and I, I haven't given up on the young guys. They've only been in one year. We're getting a new uh, defensive coordinator. So they may play to these guys' strength. These were just things I was doing against the wall. Not that I was giving up on the guys okay. we had. Um, <laughs> I think I think if, if they come up with a scheme, again, you have to play to the strength of your players. Yes. I'm a person that likes to play to the strength of my players rather than having a system and trying to throw them into that system. Do Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Coach and Marvin. Why, <laughs> and that's why my first choice is Isaiah Simmons, and it always has been. He blew them away. And, I, and, you know, people are saying, well, you got to figure out what he is, how you want to play it. You can figure my it out. My point of view, <laughs> my point of view, I would figure it out. There's one guy that does it every time, and that's Bill Belichick. If you gave Bill Belichick someone like Simmons, you could you imagine what he would do with him. And that's what you got to be as defensive coaches. you got to be able to be open, open your mind and be able to adjust to what the game is now rather than being closed-minded and say, well, this is what I run, this is what it is. No, you, you, you take the base athlete, and this is a guy, each week you can play him anywhere you want to play him. Um, he, can play, he can play in the slot. He can cover tight end. He can play linebacker. He can play safety. You know how confusing that could be to teams from one half of a game to a second half of a game. <clears throat> and New England does that very well with their game plan. They really do. two games. Yep. Coach Marvin, I, I prefer, rather than call it a scheme, people like to say, well, if they're not a 4-3 or they're not a 3-4, they're multiple. I'm going to get away from that. Yeah. I'm creating a new term, oh, okay? Boy. Hang on, I'm, folks. I'm going Here to call it the matchup defense because that's exactly okay. what they do. They match up based on the opponent or based on how the game is going. You and I both know this. I, I, I've called it in the past, Belichick's defense, the chameleon defense, because they can change series to series, quarter to quarter, and half to half, not just week to week. And I really think that Patrick Graham, a Belichickian disciple, is going to bring that to the Giants. So let's call it the matchup defense because that's really what they're going to do. One week the base is going to be a 4-3. I think the next week the base could be a 3-4. Right, and, and 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 you're right. I mean, we just don't call it that, but the defenses are based. Everything's based on matchups, on what you see and how you want to match your players up against the other guys' players. So it is. Uh, I mean, I I can see where you're going with the matchup term. But uh, my last statement, so I you can get the other call, is uh, uh Joe Judge was on last week um, during the combine, and um, I listened to him speak, and this is from a coach's point of view. 
the, the hairs on my arms stood up. And I haven't had that in a while. And now I see why he knocked that interview out of the park. Uh, but he's still going to have to go on the field and prove it. But his, the way he spoke, he was right to the point. There was no stutter in his speaking. If you go back and listen to that interview, he was not stuttering. You didn't hear the word like, uh, well, I think he went right to the point. And that's what you have to have. And so it'll be interesting to see how the team adjusts to him. So I've adjusted to him. He, he's got my attention. So that's all I had, guys. Thanks, Coach. Yeah, thank you, Coach. The first word that comes to mind when I think of Joe Judge is assertive. Oh, certainly. Yeah, I mean, listen, the guy, I I think that all Giants fans have to be happy to know that this team is going to be disciplined. This team is going to be prepared. And it's not that they're going to win every game, but they're not going to lose. They're not going to lose the game by being unprepared or. You know, just doing stupid things. That's the thing about this team. So that, or being stuck in a system that won't work. Or exactly. So, and and he even said it. We're going to be changing as every week is change. The, as we know, the the game of the NFL is all about matchup. And so it just depends on who, which players you want to put on who. And Isaiah Simmons is a guy that you could put on a tight end. You could put on a linebacker out of the backfield. You could put him on a wide receiver. For God's sakes, the guy's played every position. You know there is other than nose tackle. So. You know, if the Giants were fortunate enough to get him, I believe that Patrick, the new off at Graham, the new defensive coordinator, is going to find a place to put him and be successful. All right, back to the phones. Line four has Gary in Virginia. You're next on the show. Hello. Hey, Paul and Jeff. How you guys doing? Good. Hi. How are you today? Good, good. good. Uh, a couple things. Uh, first one's about uh, draft and free agency. <clears throat> um, just a thought is draft Simmons – and uh, sign Littleton. They're kind of similar, maybe, uh, but I'm, I'm a big Littleton fan, mm-hmm. and I think that would give us a, a nice fat, like identity as fast linebackers and um, with Peppers, and I feel like you could do so much with those three. What do you guys think? I, I'm on board for the first one. I don't yeah. know much about the second one. Well, L- Littleton is the best cover linebacker available in free agency and one of the best cover linebackers mm-hmm. actually in the NFL. The Rams have salary cap issues. They're not going to be able to bring him back. So he is going to hit the open market. Now, if you draft Simmons and sign Littleton, are you suggesting not to re-sign Marcus Golden? Oh, so he's a 3-4 outside well, linebacker. Yes. Okay. No, I would. I mean, ideally, keep him too. But, well, uh, that's going to take some bucks but, now if you're going to want to retain him, and obviously Leonard Williams, and then if you're going to want to sign Littleton, now you're not going to leave much money if you want to address the offensive line or something else in free agency. Gotcha. Yeah, that's true. You're like my kid. You're spending right. too much money. See, you don't have enough money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cut back, will you? <laughs> Uh, the other question I have for Paul is, um, I know we're looking for like a skyscraper, um, you know, a, a burst or something, but do you see Evan Ingram? I'm a, you know, I think Evan Ingram's played great. Do you see him as a skyscraper? I know he's a tight end, but I feel like he fills that role um, when need be. 
Yeah, I, I don't I don't want to see Ingram be converted to a wide receiver they for won't. a variety of reasons that I've discussed no, on this show either. before. Yeah. Uh, you know, he me can either. fill a role on this team, but but not as the skyscraping wide receiver. I, I believe that he is going to have an expanded role on this offense now coming up this season with Jason Garrett calling plays. I really do. I just believe he understands the tight end position and how important it is. And you've got one here if he can stay healthy. The size and the speed of an Evan Ingram, he's going to get used in the right way. He really will. Yeah, I love Evan Ingram. I, I hear people calling about getting rid of him. I think it's nuts. Well, listen, I mean, I it, and, and he is a special talent, and the guy can play. It's just he's got to stay healthy. And I think that maybe he's doing some things this offseason to change some things that he can to be able to stay on the field. That's his, that, that's his only caveat. There's nothing else that, that you can say about Evan Ingram. His toughness, he can block. He's a better blocker than you think he is. Um, he can catch the football. He just can't stay on the field. Yeah. All right. Appreciate all right, the phone call. Thanks, yeah, thank you. Thank you. And, right. and the reason I say that is because I, I was talking to Jason Garrett a couple weeks ago before the draft or before the combine, and I was asking him a little bit about the offense, and we were talking a little bit about – the offensive line and the the situation there with the running game and Saquon. And, and I mentioned to him about the receiving position and you know what he said to me? He goes, yeah, how about that tight end we got? I mean, he didn't mention anything about the receivers. He went right to Evan Ingram, which tells me that it, there's a special place for him in his heart about trying to get this guy in, involved in the game plan. You are aware that he had one Jason Witten in Dallas. That's my point. I think he understands about how we can use a tight end, right? I mean, for those people that go way back, remember Jay Novacek? Uh, I remember Billy Joe Dupree. <laughs> well, of course you do. You probably remember a lot of people that were <laughs> and Mike, played in the 50s. And Mike Ditko when he played for the Cowboys, Well, I'm saying too. that there is a position nowadays that an offensive coordinator, if you have a guy like Evan Ingram at that position, your offense can be – quite dangerous by the way big blue kickoff live is brought to you by Coors Light mountain cold refreshment made to chill Jeff uh, before we get back to the phone calls I would be remiss and I'm sorry I didn't do this at the top of the show but I need to address the one punter who made headlines at the combine last week and I'm sure you know who I'm talking about from Arizona State because I play with his dad Michael Turk benched 225 pounds okay in the weightlifting test 25 times, which broke the all-time combine record for punters. Tennessee's Trevor Daniel had done 23 reps in 2003. Matt Turk, 25 reps. Trevor Daniel's playing in the league at all? I don't even remember Trevor Daniel. Basically, my I don't care. This doesn't matter. This has nothing to do with punting. It doesn't. But <laughs> no, it but, has nothing but, to do with but it. But consider, yeah. But it's pretty good. That that was in some cases twice as many reps of some wide receivers. No, there's no question. Yeah, yeah. I, and I'm telling you, my my son Zach is very very strong. He's 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 up there with some of those numbers. And I tell you what, I always tell him like, well, you can keep benching, but I mean, what is that? How does benching help you kick a football? I'll never know. Really? I think if I had to put my money down on a punter doing bench presses, Weatherford and Dodge yeah, well, no would, would have been two guys yeah, that what, actually would have competed yeah, against yeah. each other, I think. Well, let me just tell you this. Okay? That didn't get him anywhere. I mean, obviously, Matt Dodge had a cup of coffee because, you know, and then Weatherford had a nice career. But I can tell you right now, 
Uh, I think the most that I ever benched 225 was maybe six times in my life. <laughs> did I? Who cares? It did. I mean, I played 22 years, only benching six times, 225. You know what I'm saying? Now, you're talking about squats, talking about things that really are relative to what we do. Then we can we can get in the conversation. <laughs> then we can get in the conversation. But yeah, but that's a good thing. I mean, I'm just. But you know what? It is kind of cool for the position. And um, McAfee, who's the punter for the Colts, he's now on Barstool and he's also on on TV doing games. Yes, he has what's called good for the brand, right? And he does these kind of posts about the punting position. It's good for the brand. This is good for the brand. You know, it kind of puts the punters out there like you know this is good. And you know, the guys can do it for 25 times. But yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of receivers that can do that. There's not a lot of receivers that can do 10, you know, but does it really matter? I mean, talk about running well, and stuff like that. It does if you're the lone man to beat and have to tackle the returner. See, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing about the combine. And I know, <laughs> well, it does, I guess so. But that all that matters is if you're an athlete or not. And punters are usually better athletes than the kickers. But all um, right. I guess my point is this. Is yes. At the combine, this is the thing that drives me crazy sometimes. You know, we look at the offensive linemen and we – we know we're enamored by their size and how many times they do the, the bench press, which, by the way, the bench press matters for an offensive lineman. That is a relative uh, analysis, in my opinion. That's, a, that's, a, that's something that you have to do. Okay. Um, do they need to run the 40-yard dash? No, they don't. Why don't they run the 20-yard dash? Because the first 10 yards is what really is important. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, and I'm a big fan of them inventing these 16 new drills and taking out some of the dumb ones that were there. But relatively speaking, I want to have things that matter for the position. To me, punting has nothing to do with bench press. Get rid of it. I mean, that would take all the anxiety of going to the going to the combine. If you're a punter, you have to start learning how to bench press. Okay, you see what I'm saying? Like receivers, I don't. I mean, receivers got to have. There's certain drills you have to be able to do. Um, but there's certain drills you shouldn't have to do. Okay, I mean, I don't really care. For receivers, does it matter bench press? No, it doesn't. Those guys hate to lift anyways. Those guys hate to do anything, wide receivers, other than complain, right? <laughs> Come on, Paul. Back me up here. You know I'm you know I'm talking the truth here. They want to be on sports. They want they, they could That's care all. less about the weight room. They want to be on TV and they want to be on the field and they don't oh, want to do any of that. Stuff. I got a couple of Twitter questions before we go back to the All polls. right, go ahead. AJ Marshall wants to know which players from the twenty nineteen draft class for the Giants will make a huge jump in year two. Well, I wish one of them was still healthy. That would be Conley, right? I think that he would have, and maybe he makes it back. He's um, doing well. His rehab is going very, very well. Okay. Um, and then I'm, he had the torn ACL. Yep. And you know, some people are different. Some people they they recover quicker than other quicker than other people. Um, so I would say he's the one guy that I I think can make a big difference if he's healthy. And the other one is that I I want to see. I want to see Darius Slayton come back and play like he did last year and be consistent like he was. That's a okay. guy that I think would do it. I'm going elsewhere. You're going to go O'Shane Zimenez. Oh, that's a great pick. I, yes. I yeah. would love to see O'Shane Zimenez fully develop his skills in the offseason. Well, he was told to increase his power, which is something I've been saying since the day they drafted him. Okay, well, he he's going to have to dude. mature yeah. Yeah. and increase his power quotient. And if he can do that and then improve his recognition – because he was very green last year. Well, look at where he came from. Especially, well, Old Dominion. Yeah. Especially against the run. When he fully develops, I think he has a very high ceiling. You know what's one thing we need to improve on on our show here? 
is that when somebody brings two chocolate chip cookies into our and sitting here like this, I'm, I'm smelling chocolate chip cookies the whole show. I'm wondering if you're going to eat those. I'm not going to eat them. But if you're not going to eat them, can you put them on your side? Because it is like killing me right now. I'm sorry. God, it smells so good. The lunchroom does a very nice job here, folks. So that was that was kind of to get away from. But but listen, Zimenez, he look at the way he played at the at the second like the last four or five games of the season. You could see the improvement. You, you could see it kind of. He's it started to click a little. Starting to click a little bit, and now, um, did you look at uh, Brett? I think his name. He pronounced his last name Bioma Bilma. Um, he's coaching those outside. Bilma. Bilma is coaching those outside linebackers, um, and I feel like he's a good coach. And be able to teach these guys a little bit about how to play the game. I'm looking forward to him too. That's a great, great one. Good, good job. Clayton Harding asks us about signing Littleton, Marcus Golden, Conklin, and McGovern. Says we don't need anyone else in free agency. That plus the draft would make enough of an upgrade for one year. Can't fix it all at once. Well, he's spending a lot of money there. Well, let's figure this out, okay? Let's just say that. Let's just play with money. They got sixty million. Right, I think they'll have more than that actually, but again, it's still fluid. Okay, there there could still be moves to be made. So Marcus Golden is not a is not a seventeen million dollar a year guy, but you know who? But you know, you're gonna have to. Well, okay, so Leonard Williams is he gonna be a franchise guy? Probably. I'd like to believe that they can re-sign him, but they may have to tag. Well, him. they they may they they may eventually re-sign him, but how much money is gonna be there? For him after free agency and in the draft and everything. Yeah, but you at know? the beginning they may have to tag him just to delay and buy time. And you see that happen all the time. Yes. You know you see that happen all the time. Opposed to the transition tag, you can't really do that because somebody else can come and get you. And we don't even know if both tags will exist. That, that's correct. They push that that back. Um, but I feel like they probably would be able to get Marcus Golden for you know a good deal. Um, I don't know how much he's going to command in the market just because. But he did have double-digit sacks last year, and he played well. Maybe he comes back here in a little hometown discount, right? I mean, we'll see. But those other guys, Littleton, I don't know. What, what, what is he going to make? Is he, is he a $17 million guy, $15 million guy? Because if he is, you can't do that what you just said. There's three guys there you're not going to be able to pay. We were told at the Combine that he would be over 10 a year. All right, so it's 12. Maybe, and that, I'm thinking that's what Golden is. Like maybe $12 million, $13 million a year. So... It's interesting, folks. And again, there's a lot of things that are kind of hinging on this this extension of the CBA, if you will, because how to spread money out. Right now, you can't spread any of this money out as far as June 1st cuts because there is none. Um, transition tag and the franchise tag. Right now, you can use two of them, but that may not happen soon. So a lot of things have to happen with this CBA coming up. I do, for one, think it's going to pass. I think that there's a lot of older players that don't, want to have it passed just because they're just the older guys and they make a lot of money. But 60% of this league makes minimum or, you know, right around that. They just need a little more than 50% for it to pass. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to pass. We have one more tweet before we get back to the phones. Dan Schneider. Uh, oh, boy. Can't wait to hear from him. He's got offensive tackles targeted for the Giants on day two. He says he would prefer round three and not round two. Well, I would totally disagree with that. I would certainly try to get one in round two. Uh, the names he is suggesting, Josh Jones, if he falls, look, he might be a late first rounder. You may not even be able to get him at and the beginning of the second And we were just talking about round. him from Houston. We did. We, we were talking <laughs> about him at lunch. Yeah. I, I think he'd be a terrific pick for the Giants at the beginning of the second round after I would like to see them take Simmons at pick number four overall. 
He also has on this list Ben Barch, Ezra Cleveland, Jack Driscoll, Lucas Nyang, and Matt Pearl uh, Pert. I do think that uh, Cleveland is an intriguing prospect to me. He did extremely well in sure. the three-cone, yep. and he's from Boise State. And we heard some some good things about him at the Combine that he could potentially be a, a, a plug-and-play guy, a red chipper, if you will. So he would certainly be of interest. If you don't get that lineman in the second round, and you right now that you're not 100% sure you're going to get that compensatory pick, most likely you are, but you know you may not have a pick until the fourth round now. You may not get half the guys that you just asked. Well, about. you're probably going to get the third rounder, but it's going to be so low sure. that in reality well, you gonna, can't expect. Look, it's I, gonna I don't be think, after 32. That's yeah, where they come in. I don't think you can expect to pick a third round compensatory offensive tackle and expect that he's got a good chance to start for you. I just don't think so. Yeah, no, because just basically a compensatory third round pick is a fourth rounder. In well, effect, think about it. In effect, in effect, it is. Yeah, yeah. So no. to me, to me, the Giants oh, need to take an offensive tackle unless, in, in one of the first two rounds. Unless there's that scenario that we've talked about a little bit, is that's the trade down scenario where maybe the Giants stockpile something in the top of the third round. Yes. And to make it clear, folks, my feeling, if you didn't listen to yesterday's show, take Isaiah Simmons at four. I, will, I do believe he's going to be there at four. I think they should take him at four. If he is not available for them at four, I would try to move down a few picks and then take the top offensive tackle on their board wherever they move down. Somewhere between four and ten, I would suspect, would be the ballpark. Take the top offensive tackle on the board at that point and then go from there. And obviously, uh, you would think that that would draw them at least an extra third rounder from somebody in exchange. Or maybe a second. You might even get a second rounder. Yeah, you might. You might, depending upon who you're talking to and where you're going to move. Or what happens if Washington, I I read they're bringing in a bunch of quarterbacks, that that coaching staff did not draft Haskins. What if all three of the first three picks are quarterbacks? Who's it for? Who do the Giants get? At that point, I think they would take Chase Young. Oh, there's no question they're taking Chase Young. Who... I mean, you look at this guy, who would you compare him to on the Giants? Maybe an OC? guy like that? Perhaps. <laughs> that look, I, I, I'm on record as saying that I'm not 100% all in on Chase Young. I know a lot mm-hmm. of people are. I still have some questions. Um, but What's your question? Be that as it may. The guy is, is ridiculous. I don't necessarily think he plays the run as often as he should. Uh, and I also believe that in some of the biggest games down the stretch, he really, did not necessarily they don't really want show up. him to play the run. They want him to have okay. I understand 15 that. sacks. I understand. The Giants that. need the Giants need a guy with give me give me fifteen sacks. You must have been a big Simeon Rice fan. Well, he was my teammate. Yes, yeah. but a guy who had absolutely no interest in playing the run. Well, there's a he's not the only one. There's a lot of guys like that. See, I'm spoiled. All right, I watched You're an Justin unrealistic Tuck. Pl- I watched Michael Strahan. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to compare okay. him to Michael Strahan. And years ago, I watched Leonard Marshall. I watched George Martin. I've seen pass-rushing defensive ends who are interested in playing the run. Well, look at the Bosa boys. They, they, like the, they, they're, they don't like the run all the time. By the way, much. JPP played the run, too. Yeah, well, Sometimes he, he got faked it. and fooled out. Yeah. Okay, he got yeah. faked out or fooled, I should say. A little tongue-tied there. But he did play I, the run. He wanted to play the run. 
Well, listen, I, I think that, you know, at number four, you're going to want to try to get that guy. That but they yes, always, yes. If, he, if Chase Young is there at four, they've got to take him. I understand no that. Question. And no question. And you know what? I hope if they do, he gets 20 sacks. Well, he might. I really do. He might. I mean, they say he's better than the, one of the Bosa kids or both the Bosa kids. I mean, if that's the – even if he's as good as the Bosa guys, I'll, I'm fine with that. But could you just imagine if that guy falls in your lap at number four because everybody's infatuated with quarterbacks? Isn't that the way it's kind of been the last three or four years? Mm-hmm. And so the trend continues. I mean, all right, all right what? I'm I get done. your point. No, I get your point. Okay. You okay. actually think there's a chance that Chase Young can fall. I don't think anybody in Indianapolis believes that. But you do. But things it's change. Okay. Hey, this whole draft thing is, is is no one has it. That's why there's mock draft six point nine thousand. Everybody, you know, somebody passes gas, and the next thing you know, they're moved down five <laughs> spots. It's unbelievable. Oh, man, it's seriously. I See, mean, now, I never heard that one before. Well, it's ridiculous. You look at these mock drafts, and it's just because of news. It's because of the way talk, people oh, talk about my. things and how it happens. All right. That's we, what it is. We have one more tweet I want to get to here. Nobody, uh, this is not a perfect science. Yours, you're going to be wrong. I'm going to be wrong. Daniel Jeremiah is going to be wrong. They're all going to be wrong. Of course. There. Of course. Bill Polly in the Hall of Fame front office guy said, if you hit on a third of your guys, you're doing okay. Wow. All right, Gordon McLean says, "What's the status on offensive tackle Big George?" Oh yeah, we haven't talked about it. Says that was, was there any sign he was progressing? Uh, has he a chance of making the roster for this season? Oh, there's no question he's going to make the roster. He's a third round draft pick. I can only tell you that the concussions, which he wasn't a third, he was a, he was down wasn't at the bottom. He? Oh, he was he, okay. bottom of the third day. Okay. Here's the thing. That's what it he, was. He had the concussion. That's right. I, mean, right. I take that back. He was out for most of the season. Then he started doing wind sprints on the side, and then they had to okay. shut him down again at the very end of yeah. the year. And I have not seen or heard a word from him since. So I honestly. <laughs> and if Tino hasn't seen or heard from him, you know there's problems. Well, and he's a big guy, so he'd be hard to miss. <laughs> um, my point to you is I honestly don't have an update for you yeah. as to what his medical status is. Well, we hope it's okay. Now, the previous coaching staff, and we all know that Hal Hunter uh, had a connection. His son worked in the Kentucky Athletic Department and believed very strongly that Big George was a legitimate prospect. Okay. And they liked him a lot. Does this coaching staff feel the same way? I have no idea. Nobody has talked about Big George since the offseason began. Well, one thing about Big George, he was drafted by Dave Gettleman. So you kind of have that going for him a little bit, right? He did get taken away from the game because of concussion, so he never had a chance to really compete. He did not. You know, that being said... You would only think that they would bring him back and let him compete for some depth. You never no know. Question. So he'll, that's it, my point. So, if he's cleared, he'll yeah, get a chance. Yeah, and I, and I think that he will be. I mean, that's a long time. Um, you know, but some of these guys, uh, you know, it takes longer than than normal, and that's the bad thing about concussions. That's what scares me about Sterling Shepard when something like that could happen to him. You know, so you got to build some depth at that wide receiver position. Okay, we go back to the phones at 201-939-4513. Scott from New Mexico is next on the show. Hello. Scott, you're on the program. Scott, wake up. Nope. And Scott is Scott, gone. Scott got ran over by his train in his living room. You ever heard <laughs> the train in his living room? No. Oh, yeah. yeah. Scott, when you come, I'll call back. We'll get you back on. Can we hear the whistle on the train for Paul? You'll see what I got mean. Got a model train set. I think I've heard room. it. I've heard that thing. 
Very cool. <laughs> All right, we go to Jason from Trenton. You're next on the show. Hello. Jason. How you doing, fellas? Very good What's to talk up? to you. I want to talk about a player that I just don't hear anybody talking about. Two guys. Number one, yeah. Willie, Willie Gay Jr. Okay. I'm watching this guy, and he is an animal out there. I saw him. I'm, I'm beyond talking I'm beyond talking about the first round. We all it's gonna be a tackle or Simmons or whatever. I'm talking beyond that. And I'm watching this kid and I'm just seeing a beast out there. And then the second guy is Curtis Weaver. Another guy I just see a lot of potential in and I don't hear anybody talking about him. Well, I wonder Gaze, why that is. Gay's measurables are pretty interesting. Six one two forty three. Uh, coming out of Mississippi State. And Weaver, in fact, I just saw him on one of those all-star college football skills competitions. ESPN, I believe, aired it yesterday. And and certainly a very athletic guy as well. Uh, I have not looked at tape on either one of those fellas yet, and I promise you that I will, and I'll be very glad to answer your questions about them on the backside. But, uh, you know, look, there is no question the Giants need help in the front seven. I mean, and, and any place they can get it, even if it's not high, if it's later on in the draft, there's nothing wrong right. with getting somebody in the middle rounds. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, I, everybody's just fixated on Simmons and the tackles in the first round, and I'm like, I'm beyond that. Cause we, we're going to get somebody good in the first round. I have no doubt. I see I Gay ran a four four six at the Combine. 40, almost right. a, almost a thirty and a half that thirty and a half inch vertical. So, right, like, I mean, those are those me, are yeah, those are numbers right yeah, up there he's with Simmons. Not that far behind Simmons, yeah. as far as a lot of the the drills that that they did, he's right behind them in a lot of the things. Yeah, he's a lot bigger so than like, Simmons too, as far as weight wise. He's not as tall as he is, but right. So I'm like, man, I, I've been watching it, these two guys, and I'm like, man, if we can if we can still one or both of those guys, man, our defense takes a jump. <laughs> you <Well>, hope. <laughs> I, I tell you what, again, I promise you, as we go through the ensuing weeks getting towards the draft, one of the things you know we do, we always try to get somebody who represents a media uh, rep uh, of each one of the schools that we think could potentially have interest uh, with the Giants, uh, with some of their prospects. And we will try to seek these guys out, see if we can get a firsthand account on what these players bring to the table. You know, we do it every single year. We'll do it again this year. And we'll also give you a lot of our film study. So uh, please stay tuned to us uh, as we get closer to the draft. And don't hesitate to call back again. Yeah, thank you. Well, Thanks, fellas. Thank You're you, welcome. Jason. I we, did see that guy. on the. I, I saw him run. I watched the combine every night. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, a lot of these, obviously there's 300 players there, but I remember him. Because he was his measurables were very similar to Simmons, and they were talking about him on on the uh, on the broadcast. Well, you know, a lot of times, and with all due respect to him, he played at Mississippi State. It wasn't Clemson, of course. And so immediately, people will say, "Oh, power school, Mississippi State, not so much." And so they'll hold that against him without even looking at the guy's tape. Of course. And, and that's the shame of it. So I don't want to dismiss him at all. Please, let me make that very clear. I'm not being dismissive of the phone call. It's just that I don't have enough information right now to really give you an answer. Yeah. All right, we go back to the phones. Chris from Texas, you're next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Gentlemen, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. Well, thank um, you. You too, sir. First off, yeah, Chris. Uh, first off, 
Biggs, I, I, I had you uh, beating that record with the, the punter over there until you talked smack about the place kickers, because I was a place kicker. <laughs> and uh, I, 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 think, I think we were in better shape than the punters because we had a sprint to the football when we were kicking off. That's right. Yeah. Well, what we did, see, if you just kick it out of bounds, you never have to run down the field. See, you're not allowed to kick it out of bounds. So that's true. That's the thing. <laughs> that's where we're smarter than you guys. So we, <laughs> Uh, wow. Right. Let wow. Me, okay. Let yeah. me continue. Okay, I, that's fine. I Go ahead, Chris. I to come back <laughs> down. <laughs> um, well, uh, quick question. You don't have to answer just yet, but um, I, I wanted to give you my free agent and draft, what I'd like us to do. But, um, but before uh, before I forget, uh, I was curious to see how Jabril Peppers is healing uh, from his injury over there because hopefully you that's what? going well. You know what, Chris? Um, we don't there's not a lot of guys around so you know we're we're not in the training room we don't see a lot of these guys so we don't have a report on some of these i mean i think the one guy i've seen around here probably the most is evan ingram um i think that's i haven't seen jabril well here's the thing when the giants media had an opportunity to talk to joe judge at his uh coach's introductory press conference those things were not on the table. They were just trying to meet and greet Joe Judge. Yeah. Then when the Giants uh, had Dave Gettleman and Judge do pressers at the Combine, everybody was talking about the Combine and free agency. And once again, nobody asked any questions about any of the injured players whatsoever. Yeah. So until that happens and we actually get some type of official word from a Giants representative, it's really hard for us to address, but as Jeff said, I don't. I don't think it's out of uh, bounds to say Evan Ingram is rehabbing and seems to be progressing well. At least that's what he says, and there's a lot of optimism there that he's going to be able to rebound. Yeah. Okay. Good. Now, uh, as far as free agency, if I, I know we got 75 mil, but that doesn't mean we have to spend it foolishly. Obviously, if I'm overpaying, if there's one position I'm overpaying for, it's it's got to be offensive tackle, and that would be Conklin. I, I wanted him when mm-hmm. uh, when he was drafted. So did I. We all know what happened with that. Yes. So so that's who I'm overpaying for. I, you know, the the gentleman. I want to tell you who I would draft in a second. But the, the gentleman that was talking about Littleton uh, a little while ago. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see how our new coaches are going to coach up who we already have over here because mm-hmm. I have to believe it's an upgrade from what we had. So that's why I wouldn't want to overspend on on too many players over here. With regards to the draft, there's only one privilege with picking as high as we are, and that's that you have the privilege of drafting an elite player. Um, I, I, I wouldn't mind trading down one, max two spots, but when you look at Isaiah Simmons and, and everything, Paul, I'm in with you with your thoughts on Simmons and going offensive tackle in the second round, but the one thing about Simmons that I absolutely love more than anything is that he has that championship pedigree coming out of Clemson, and not only is he versatile, but he has elite versatility. And that's the only privilege of picking this high up in the draft. And I would hate to see us drop down too far where we don't pick that elite player that has the versatility that Simmons does. If Gettleman goes defensive tackle, and I'm sure Derek Brown is wonderful, but if he goes defensive tackle or cornerback, I'm going to have to go to another hairstylist because I'm going to be pulling out my hair. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, your, your, your thoughts, I'll take your comments off the air. Always great talking to you. All right, Chris, thank you so much. 
Jeff, let, let me give you the scenario. Okay, because then I'm going to give you mine. Okay, I'll give you what I've weaved together mm. based on what I gathered at the Combine. I mentioned this yesterday. Folks, I'm sorry if it's repetitive. If you didn't catch yesterday's show, maybe it'll be some, some news to you. The way it looks to me, the consensus was Burrow goes to Cincinnati, Washington takes Chase Young, and then Detroit, which, by the way, desperately wants Chase Young, Okay, if they can't get their hands on him, my understanding is they're trying to trade back with the Dolphins at number five, convinced that Miami wants Tua and that they can get Miami to bite on a deal to move up to number three so that they can grab Tua. Detroit would then drop down to number five, figuring the Giants will take Simmons and Okuda would be there for them at number five. That is the scenario that, that I have pieced together with the best bunch of crumbs that I was able to <laughs> gather uh, at the Combine. Um, I, I, the crumbs also tell me that the Giants at four, if, if Simmons is there, that they would take him. If Young is there, they would rather have Young. But that also, if Simmons and Young are both gone, don't be surprised if they move down a couple of spots and then wind up taking the top offensive tackle on their board Bingo. and then acquire <clears throat> an extra draft choice. Great analogy. And you know, and all that could come true. Um, and I don't even, I, I mean, I think it it's, makes sense. That all makes sense to me. What I try to wrap my head around. You know, that's bad because most people think I'm crazy. No, no, I actually, if you, if you kind of walk through it and listen, it makes a little bit of sense. And I understand the infatuation. I don't even know if it's an infatuation because it's, it's, these are true numbers that these guys, how good they are. And Isaiah Simmons, we saw how he's just popped off the charts into the combine. Here's the thing that I, I want people to understand. And I've said this before. I'm a big offensive tackle. I want the offensive line. When you have Saquon Barkley in that backfield – I want to run the football, and I need a guy that's going to be there consistently for 10 years mm -hmm. and build that offensive line. Here's why I have problems with this. The, the middle linebacker position is short-term. Okay. Yes, Isaiah Simmons, he might be a guy that plays for 15 years. I don't know, but his, history tells me that these guys get hurt. Okay, I would have more credence in taking a guy like Becton or... What's the guy's name from uh, Trips? What's his? Um, you want to take Worfs from Worfs, Iowa? Worfs. One of these guys that I can just not have to worry about that position for the next 10 years, and he's got four or five Pro Bowls in him. And I, because you know those guys last longer, Paul. They really do. So that's where I'm at with this. But I know the fact is, is that in ranking these players, I'm sure that Isaiah Simmons is much higher than any of those offensive linemen. I'm just stuck because I want to build that offensive line for 26. As as I do too. You know, I, I just feel that if they can get an Austin Jackson or an Ezra Cleveland or a Joshua Jones at the top of round two, I feel as though that's sufficient. I, and and by the way, I'm I'm not precluding them from trying to buy Conklin either in free agency. Okay, well then you know what the, we're gonna we're gonna we are gonna put the cart before the horse because free agency happens before the draft. So this will answer some of the questions. Would you like Conklin? I wouldn't mind Conklin. I, he's not a ten-year guy. No, know? but he but certainly he could, could be get another you five. seven, yeah, seven, could, five yeah. to seven. Sure. Okay. Um, and it's a guy that he's you know you know what you're getting in him, right? I mean, you've mm -hmm. seen him play. Uh, the only thing that I don't understand is why that they're not re-signing him. 
They don't. Well, well they, they didn't. They, they, they exercised that fifth-year option. They did not, and that was the problem. He had come off an injured season two years ago, had been rather inconsistent because of the injuries. They said they were not going to pick up the option, and then what happens? He goes out and has a terrific year this past year and helps sure. them go well, to the playoffs. That's what happens he, when you're in a contract year, usually. Well, yeah, and and he he rebounded in part because he was healthy. So. I, that's this word. This is this is to keep me up at night. But this is the thing that oh, I, it I keeps me up. I, it it just kind of go. I teeter back and forth. Is because would I love to have an Isaiah Simmons in this defense that we've seen the last few years? It, it lulls you to sleep, right? I mean, it's like, are you kidding me? Is there another guy going to be wide open in the middle of the field? Is anybody going to get to the quarterback? This would be a guy that would be like, oh my God, look what he's the next. He's the next thing. But then I think about that offense, and I think, I think about 26, and can we get this guy going? If I said to you that Isaiah Simmons was a more versatile version of Brad Van Pelt, well, how I would that make you feel? I, I, I just know Because Van, Van Pelt, Pelt was a strong safety in college, came to the Giants, became a five-consecutive-time Pro Bowl outside linebacker who did a tremendous amount of things for this defense. If I told you that Simmons was that guy, but with even more athleticism, well, here's how the would thing. you feel? Here's the thing. I'm just I'm going to go around this, um, and I'm going to go around this in a way that I would take Isaiah Simmons in this scenario. That Jack Conklin comes in here, okay? Um, he's then then I would I, that would feel better about myself about going after Isaiah Simmons at the linebacking position, mm-hmm. and because the defense. If if you if you held a gun to my head and said who 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 needs it most, the defense needs to be repaired first, right? Right. Are you agreeing with that? Absolutely. So in that theory, we've got to go for that guy, right? Mm-hmm. But stubbornly thinking me, I I just feel like you got a guy in that backfield that's just he's like a, a caged animal, right? Just he wants to just let out, right? I mean, and, and he just if he could just get that offensive line going. Well, and you got to protect Daniel Jones too. That too. Okay. Oh, I forgot about him. We, <laughs> <laughs> we got to get to we got to get to this one more call because okay. he's been online for a while. Uh, Jose from Orlando, you're next on the show. We've got about two minutes, so hey, please Jose, go ahead. Hey, how are you? <laughs> hey, P. Dot and Jeff, thanks for taking my call. Sure, yes, sir. So, I'm, I'm just going to go quick, kind of rapid fire here. Just with the scenario that keeps you guys up at night, it keeps me up at night. <laughs> just to give, I, I coach a little bit of football here in Florida, but I can tell you one thing, that if Isaiah Simmons is there, we should definitely go best player available. And I'll tell you why. Okay, okay. And, you know, we got there's, there's a lot of offensive linemen that we have out there that are great. Tristan Wirfs is good. Beckton is on there. Then they have Wells. So the thing, the difference with Isaiah Simmons is, and I heard that other caller saying that that other guy is close to Isaiah Simmons. PFF couldn't even find a comparison for this guy because he's not. A, he plays seven out of the eleven positions yeah. in on defense, and he excels on it. And not only that, is that just like Joe Judge says that he wants smart, tough, versatile players. Check, check, check yeah. on all three facets. The guy is incredibly fast, and not only that. It's not that he's fast and small or big. He's, he's pretty big for a safety. He's not a super linebacker speed. But our game is changing as far as guarding tight ends coming out. Sure. Tight ends are a lot quicker. And not only that, the guy is super fast. He has length as well. That's what you're looking for. I mean, if you look at his stats, they're mind-boggling. So I say, if he's there, and, and I agree, I'm an offensive line guy. I love offensive linemen. I know that we need to protect our quarterback. But he, there's nobody else to compare him in the draft. Offensive lineman, there's other offensive linemen. 
Isaiah Simmons, he's the only guy. Even Chase Young, and I'm going to leave you with this. Some people are going to think I'm crazy, but think defensively and think schematically for one second. If you're an offensive coordinator and you're preparing against an elite defensive player, Chase Young plays the defensive end. Mm -hmm. He plays on one side, he plays on another side. Sometimes they'll bring him off the edge, they'll move him to the other side of the line. You know where he's coming from. Isaiah Simmons lines up in so many different facets. He's up at safety. He's up at linebacker. He's up. Sometimes he between, he's between, if you look at the film, he's between safety and linebacker. And it's a position that, you know, you're like, what's he doing out there? But his speed and the way he closes, you also got to think about a lot of running quarterbacks out that we're going to be playing against. The guy, you can use him as a, as a, as a, as a scout to follow the quarterback. So, in all in all, Pete, I agree with you. If he's there, we got to take him. I don't mind trading down if somebody trades for a quarterback where we can still take the chance to see if he's there. But I'll take him, and then I'll, I'm happy we get an offensive lineman. And even if we get Conklin, who I absolutely love as well, then then we got to take Simmons if he's there. Thanks, guys. I'm, You're I'm welcome. curious to hear what your, what your thoughts are. Thank oh, you, I think, I think it was a great call, and I think that, you know, not a lot of people are going to argue with you. I, I just feel, you know, it's it's tough for me. I, I understand, and it's, and it's really – defensive players are always so much sexier, right? I mean, it really is. That's just the way it is, especially a guy that can get after the quarterback. He had eight sacks at Clemson last year, three interceptions. I mean, the guy was all over the place. He said he played as many as five different positions in one game. And that is that is attractive. That is very attractive. I'm just an old school guy. I believe in offense and running the football and getting a guy that you know. I just so do I. I, I, I understand it, but it's hard for me. But I'm but taking I under, the plunge here. I know you are, and I. You know what? I just I'm not going to change my mind. I'm telling you. Uh, but I understand it. I and and I am not going to be upset when the Giants pick. Uh, Isaiah Simmons with the fourth pick. I'm not going to be like, darn it, are you serious? Nor, I mean, come nor, on, seriously. Nor, nor would I if they took an offensive tackle. The, I would not freak out. But it'd have to be two of the two, those two guys I mentioned. Anybody else? I mean, I'm, I'm going to wait until they drop down and think get you know, and they're going to go on runs. You know, that's what happens. You know, there's going to mm-hmm. be three uh, tackles mm-hmm. that they're going to be picked in a row. So. This is the exciting part about the offseason. We get excited about the draft. We get excited, somewhat excited about free agency. And you know what? We got to be excited about Big Blue because this is a new team. You know, they're going to get extra practices in this year. Uh, we got a new CBA coming up. There's a lot of stuff going on. And we're going to extend this for another. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Would you kindly read the spot so yeah, we can well, say we goodbye? Know this. Okay. Big Blue Kickoff Lies brought to you by Coors Light, Mountain Cold Refreshment. Made to chill. We say it every day. You understand that. This is Tatino on Feagles. This is the best show ever. Signing off. There you go. Big Blue Kickoff (laughs) Live is here Monday to Friday, every day from 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Jot down the number 201-939-4513 or hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. You can always hit us up individually at Giants WFAN or at Jay Feagles. Until next time, so long, everybody.